Time to break down my Scott Fishbowl team in the draft that I participated in. If you don't know what the Scott Fishbowl is, it's an amazing cause where thousands of, of analysts and, and, and followers combined in one draft, and it all gets funneled down to one winner in Adam Rank, uh, the fantasy footballers, Matthew Berry. All the top analysts are in this draft with a bunch of followers. It's crazy. It's fun. It's super flex. It's tight end premium. Let's break down the top one through four rounds in my specific draft, and I'll tell you who I drafted. Let's go. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show. Okay, so I was given the number one overall pick, uh, and I took Christian McCaffrey. Now, a lot of my content you're going to see talks about Barkley being my number one, clear-cut number one overall player, but there's a, a caveat, a twist here in this particular league because there's thousands of teams and there's they've got to sort things down, I guess. I haven't played, so this is my first year playing, um, so I don't really know how the first round of the playoffs actually works in terms of, like, are you combined with everybody else? or I, I don't know, but I do know that your weeks 1 through 12 average. So let's say I average 150, to make math simple, 150 points a week from weeks 1 through 12. Well, the playoffs start in week 13 in this league, not week 14, and that's when McCaffrey has a bye week. My initial reaction was, oh my God, I can't draft McCaffrey in the first week of the playoffs, but but then I looked at the scoring. Then I was alerted by Scott Fish himself in a tweet on one of my posts saying that it could be advantageous to draft McCaffrey number one because if you get him weeks one through 12, the way that the playoff scoring works is you score what you score in week 13, and then you also add on your average score from weeks one through 12. So if I score 150 in weeks one through 12 on average, you're going to add that 150 to what I actually score in week one of the playoffs in week 13. And that combined score, so let's say I score 150. And then I averaged 150 from weeks 1 through 12. I will score 300 points in my playoff round 1. Now, I imagine they do that to weed out people and to narrow teams down, I guess. But it's a unique format. It does make McCaffrey kind of interesting because if I do get a first round buy, because I'm going to have McCaffrey for weeks 1 through 12 buy free, and I'm going to have more points on my team on average from weeks 1 through 12, I might get a first round buy at the right moment when McCaffrey's on a buy. And so it could work out beautifully. I, I went ahead and rolled the dice. McCaffrey was the second highest scorer in this format. Again, it is super flex. It is tight end premium, which you'll you'll notice when I read off the draft uh, log. But uh, I think McCaffrey was the right move here. Number two was Saquon Barkley. Number three was Patrick Mahomes. Again, super flex. Lamar, number four. Zeke Elliott, number five. Alvin Kamara, number six. Derrick Henry, number seven. Travis Kelsey, number eight. George Kittle, number nine. Mike Thomas, number 10. Miles Sanders, a little high, if you ask me, at number 11. Mark Andrews, number 12. Dak Prescott, number 13. Dak went really high in a lot of drafts, I noticed. I just think it's way too high. I know it's super flex, but as you can you can see, some quarterbacks fell, and I felt like it was a little bit, a little bit high for Dak. Um, it was 2.03 was Dalvin Cook. 2.04 was Joe Mixon. 2.05 was Devontae Adams. Now, keep in mind the reason some of these names are falling far is because it's a super flex and a tight end premium. You're going to have, um, and if you've never played in those, it bumps their value up a ton. This is not abnormal. Most of these draft selections are kind of par for the course, except for if it didn't have tight end premium on top of, of super flex, 
you most likely see a bunch more quarterbacks taken at this point. Um, but that kind of levels it out a little bit in a, in a strange way. It was hard to, to know what to expect going into this draft, to be honest with you. Um, even hearing how some of the other drafts were going, because there's you know thousands of uh, or hundreds of drafts going on at once, um, every league's going to be different with different people. A lot of people that haven't played in it might draft a different way. They're not just going to draft the way that the trending has gone on the last couple of years. They may not have looked that deeply into what other people have been doing. So it was hard to really predict. Uh, Devontae Adams was 2.05. 2.06, Nick Chubb. That's good value. 2.07, Drew Brees. 2.08, Russell Wilson. 2.09, Austin Eckler. 2.10, Kenyon Drake. 2.11, Kyler Murray. Now, I would have taken probably Kyler Murray at that point. But now I'm on the clock here at 2.12, or I was on the clock. I took Josh Jacobs, and I'm, I'm damn, damn happy I did. I think he's going to have a floor of a, of a top 12 overall player in 2020, even if they don't give him the, the extra PPR work that, that the Raiders have said they will give him, and they've explained it in, in tremendous detail uh, several times during the offseason that they eased him into the work that they gave him in 2019. They didn't want to rush him along too quickly. They, didn't, they wanted him to develop. And if you think about it, he had a, a college season where he didn't get leaned on as the starter. Him and Damian Harris split time evenly, pretty much, and, and Harris had the bigger stat lines. Um, Jacobs was not a you know six seven hundred yard rusher even in college. He had rushed for less yards than that, uh, but he looked effective. So they wanted to ease him in, and I'm glad they did. And I think that the Josh Jacobs is going to get a huge like a thirty to sixty percent uptick in PPR work minimum in 2020 um i you know actually I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he he had 40 to 55 receptions in 2020 i really wouldn't i think he could have that big of a season but even if he doesn't let's say he has like 40 42 45 he's going to be a top 10 overall player top 12 overall player that's an amazing floor and if he has um an even bigger season than i expect he will be able to produce top five, top six running back numbers. And so his range is very tight, where his floor is very high. His ceiling, while it isn't top one to two, it's still very, very respectable um, and makes him one of the safer guys to grab in a normal draft where it's not tight end premium and, and super flex. It makes him one of the safest eight to 12 overall players in 2020. And so to get him this late in the, under the assumption that I would get the quarterbacks that I need in the super flex, Jacobs could turn out to be one of the biggest steals of this draft if I land my quarterbacks, which I believe I did. At 2.12, I took Josh Jacobs. At 3.01, and then I'm going to cut to to a commercial and pay the bills. Just hang tight. It's going to be like a 30-second spot. I took Deshaun Watson at 3.01. Here's a quick ad. I was was pretty ecstatic about getting Deshaun Watson at 3.01 in a super flex league. Again, this is a, a it can be a two QB league. It's a tight end premium. Now I'm taking a risk by not going tight end here, but I didn't want to force it. The tight ends available, you know, Zach Ertz was a good option, but I didn't want to force going by a position based on what I thought would be a team need. I wanted to take some good gambles and take the best player available at every turn. That's what I preach to you guys day and night. I want to practice what I preach and. And getting McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, and Deshaun Watson, those were the three best players available. Again, super flex league for those going Watson in the third round. It's totally common 
to go to, to grab a, a quarterback that's top five potential by even the top 14 overall uh, pick. So um, Watson was a steal, an absolute steal, and he was number four overall last year in this format. I know he doesn't have Hopkins, but he does have Cooks. He does have Fuller. He has the weapons he needs. He runs the ball. Um, he was number four, the number four overall scorer in this format last year. And I got him at, at 25 overall. I was ecstatic. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire went 3.02. I contemplated taking him, but I wanted that quarterback. I wanted Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is safe. Uh, Clyde could take some time to develop and redraft. Clyde has some of those worries, whereas in Dynasty, I'm not worried at all. Uh, I didn't want to start off my draft waiting on Clyde or anything like that. So I went with Josh Jacobs. I think that was safer. Um, but I do love Clyde and Dynasty. You guys, you guys know this about me. Uh, then uh, Julio Jones went at 3.03, 3.04 was uh, Tyreek Hill. I forgot to mention this is a 0.5 PPR, so it's not full PPR. Uh, so Julio went, uh, what did I say, 3.03, Tyreek Hill went 3.04, Hopkins went 3.05, 3.06 was Jonathan Taylor, Matt Ryan went 3.07. See, I didn't want to be drafting a Matt Ryan with my third drafted player. That's what. That's how you force a pick based on positional need. And, and I, I'd rather have a Tom Brady or an A-Rod later than to force a Matt Ryan as my third drafted player when a guy like DeAndre Hopkins is still around, Chris Godwin is still around. That, that to me, I don't care. I understand the dynamics of Superflex, uh, and I need to do more Superflex content. That's why I'm creating this podcast. But to be reaching for a Matt Ryan, to be reaching for a Baker Mayfield in the third and fourth round, to me just means you poorly managed your other draft selections and you're, and you're, you're drafting based on uh, position drying up. And I think that's a way to fail in Superflex leagues. Uh, so I hate the Matt Ryan pick. absolutely think it's an awful pick at, at 3.07. 3.08, Chris Godwin, fantastic value. Leonard Fournette, 3.09. Uh, you guys know how I feel about Fournette, not going near him in 2020. Zach Ertz at 3.10 is pretty good value in a super flex tight end premium. Josh Allen, I believe, is also a little early here at 3.11 and 3.12 Todd Gurley, obviously. Not a great selection, in my opinion, there when you got guys like Melvin Gordon, Kenny Galladay available. Um, other players available at that point were Mike Evans, um, you know, quarterbacks like D, uh, Tom Brady and, and, and Aaron Rodgers. A.J. Brown was available. Allen Robinson was available. Um, all right. Well, that, uh, that concludes the top three rounds. So that ended with Todd Gurley. Um, man, it, it, at this point, my mind was kind of racing because I'm like, okay, I got another 12 picks because I have the the bookend picks at, at uh, 1.01 was my first pick, 2.12 and 3.01 were my back-to-backs. And so I literally just went through 12 picks since my Deshaun Watson pick. And now I have to go through another 12 to get back to my bookend picks at 4.12 and 5.01. So at this point, I was like, God, I'm not going to get any of the guys I want. A.J. Brown's going to be gone. Tom Brady, A-Rod will be gone. I wanted to maybe get one of those quarterbacks because, again, super flex, you need to have two elite quarterbacks, or you really should. Um, I needed a tight end at this point. It's a it's a tight end premium. Am I going to run out of tight ends? Will I not get a good tight end later? Uh, I was a little bit worried at that point, but it all unfolded perfectly. Um, at at 4.01, it went Melvin Gordon. I was sad to see him go. Kenny Galladay, I was sad to see him go at 4.02. So right off the bat, two guys I loved, 
got taken at 4.01 or 4.02, I started to get a little nervous. Uh, and then uh, Carson Wentz went at 4.03. I was happy about that. I'm not a big Wentz fan. Um, Matthew Stafford went at 4.04. I think he could do okay, but that's crazy, in my opinion, to be uh, mismanaging your team enough to where you're taking guys like that as your fourth drafted player. I think there are better ways to build. Um, so I was ecstatic to see him go. Then Chris Carson went at 4.05. I'm staying away from him. Lev Bell was, an, was not an awful pick at 4.06. 4.07 was Mike Evans. That's fantastic value. A-Rod at 4.08. 4.08. Um, DJ Moore, 4.09. 4.10 was Tom Brady. I was really bummed to see Brady and uh, A-Rod both go. And then uh, I was like sweating bullets here that my boy A.J. Brown wouldn't make it to me at this next pick and sure enough the guy in front of me took Robert Woods at 4.11 which isn't awful but I absolutely love AJ Brown more than Robert Woods by a lot in 2020 I think AJ Brown's going to be a top five to seven wide receiver in 2020 if not top four to seven I I could even say greater but I don't want to run a lot of you guys off thinking I'm crazy AJ Brown's going to drop loads in 2020 get ready for a big season. So I was lucky enough to snag 4.12 AJ Brown. And and I had the next pick and I contemplated DK Metcalf. Um I've been drafting him a lot lately. So I, you know, partially wanted to mix things up as well because I don't want all my my teams to go down based on one injury. Uh Allen Robinson was there, James Conner was there, David Johnson was there. I'm not taking either Connor or Johnson with my my fifth drafted overall player. I'm just not doing it. Waller was an interesting thought. I almost went Waller. Again, it's tight end premium, but I thought, what if I could get a tight end just a little bit later? So I waited. I took I took that gamble. Amari Cooper was there. Odell Beckham Jr. was there. I didn't take any of those guys. I took Allen Robinson, who in this format, I forgot to mention as well, that the scoring is so crazy, crazy and unique. Um, you get points. I think you get 0.5 points per first down. And Allen Robinson gets a lot of first downs, so he ranked really high in this format, and it kind of gave him the nudge over like a DK, uh, gave him a nudge over um, a few other players. Now, I think DK could be a first down guy in 2020, but I, th- I think A-Rob just proved last year he was so so highly targeted. Um, I felt good about it. So I drafted A.J. Brown and Allen Robinson with my back-to-back 4.12 and 5.01 picks, and I'm pretty darn happy with it. Let me let me crank out my entire roster for you. So I ended up with uh, Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton as my quarter quarterbacks, and I'm real happy with that. I even backed up Cam Newton by drafting Stidham. I drafted Tyrod Taylor later. I got Ryan Fitzpatrick later. I think I've got some pretty good options, and I feel pretty good that if Cam fails, Stidham will at least be a guy I can plug in. But Cam and Deshaun Watson are pretty darn good QBs considering my running backs. Now, I got Josh Jacobs and Christian McCaffrey is my one, one-two punch. I was able to draft Kareem Hunt. I've got A.J. Dillon. I took Lat Murray. I took Tony Pollard, and I took Jamal Williams to kind of back up my my A.J. Dillon grab. That way, if something happens to Aaron Jones, I, I have a legitimate starter for the Green Bay Packers, and I think that would be a productive uh, thing to have later. At wide receiver, I've got A.J. Brown. I've got Hollywood Brown, which was a steal. Um, late in the draft, Allen Robinson, 
Um, I took uh, Antonio Brown just in case. That could be a league league winner or a a nothing burger that cost me very little. So um, that was double-digit round territory that I took uh, Antonio Brown. I think people keep forgetting to grab Antonio Brown just in case in your draft. You know, instead of like a a guy that I got like late, like D.D. Westbrook or Demarcus Robinson or uh, Chris Conley. You know, I got those guys, but I would easily take a um, Antonio Brown over any of those guys. So just make sure you don't let Antonio Brown fall too far. He's worth the gamble, even if you think there's a small chance he comes back. He could. And my tight ends ended up shaking out okay. I got Sternberger from the Green Bay Packers, but he's my backup. My main tight end is Jared Cook uh, for the Saints, who came on strong last year. I got Cole Komet, uh, Komet as well, in case he ends up developing as a rookie. So feel pretty darn good about my squad. My starters are Cam um, and Watson. My running backs are Jacobs, McCaffrey, and Hunt. I've got A.J. Brown, Hollywood Brown, Allen Robinson, and Jared Cook at tight end. I'm pretty, pretty happy with this team. Let me know what you think. You can find me on any of my other platforms. Drop a comment anywhere on youtube.com slash thefantasyfootballshow. An easier way to find that show and that link is just to go to smitty1.com. You can also find me at heysmitty.com if you want to get any one-on-one advice or have me draft with you. I'll actually draft with you. I have a feature where you can purchase that phone call and and have me come to your draft for an hour. Either you know use the time before your draft, use it during, use a mix of before and after, however you want, but I'll, I'll be on the phone with you for a good hour uh, helping you out. So go to heysmitty.com for that. And then of course you want any bold predictions, rankings, uh, go to sleeper. You that's sleeper, the letter you.com. I appreciate all of you. Um, don't forget to follow me, subscribe, um, and don't miss any more podcasts like this one. You're listening to the fantasy football show.